BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. How's it going, guys? And welcome to Billy the Bat Boys Corner, presented by Up On Game. I'm Billy Pinckney, and today we have an exciting episode for you as we discuss some baseball with Drew Rahm, Baltimore Orioles' top pitching prospect. He's done a great job in their farm system and is looking to break through into the big leagues in 2023. We're going to take a look at his season, things that he learned, what he's working on mechanically, and what message he has for the younger athletes out there. So, Without further ado, let's bring up the interview with Drew Rom. All right, guys, we're here alongside Drew Rom, Baltimore Orioles prospect. Drew, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Billy, for uh, having me back. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, how's everything going for you? Things are going well, but, it, man, it was awesome to see you uh, back during the season. Finally got to meet you in person, playing in A in Somerset, the Yankees affiliate, while playing for the Orioles A in Bowie. Uh, great season for you, too. I mean, it was uh, exciting to see you pitch and, and do your thing. I mean, can you take us through your season and, and how much of a year of growth it was for you? The season was kind of like an eye-opener for me because I got to experience kind of like the double-A side, so like kind of like all the prospect life to where like everyone down there is pretty similar skilled. Right. And then go up to triple-A and then see like guys who have been in the show for – x number of years or whatever and then just have to compete against them and it's just like two completely different kind of mindsets you have to take in because like the, i mean the prospects they're, they're still going to be like kind of swing heavy and uh kind of look for just kind of their, their pitch just to pull and just like hit, hit a home run but like all the big league guys like they look for their specific pitch and like they're so much harder to get out because of their approach on two strikes right so, I mean, it's 
this season was definitely tough, but honestly, for me, it was a great learning experience just trying to get right for next year. Right, and it seems like a tough thing to do, especially when you get up there at AAA, is to deal with hitters who have great plate discipline, who are really looking for that pitch, as you mentioned, and that could also contribute to walking guys. I mean, how hard do you think it is to you know, command the zone and, and throw strikes, but at the same time not giving them that pitch to hit and they could really barrel up? Yeah, I mean, like, my first outing was, like, I had a lot of strikeouts, but I also had a lot of walks. So I think that was kind of like a great introductory start to me because it kind of taught me, okay, like, these guys aren't going to swing at everything. Like, they're going to be patient. And, but, like, I can still use all my pitches to get strikeouts, but I have to be in the zone a lot more with everything. So, like, that was just kind of really, like, a really good wake-up call for kind of what I needed to start focusing on and uh, just kind of keep going with that mindset for just kind of next year because I know it's just going to keep getting tougher and tougher, and the hitters are just going to keep getting better and better. So, I mean, you just got to kind of adapt to that and just figure out how to get your outs to kind of like up at the upper level. Do you think it could sometimes be a psychological thing where you might not want to throw that ball in a certain spot because you think that, hey, where I'm at a higher level now, they might be swinging at that one and, and doing some damage? Yeah, so that was kind of my biggest worry was, like, I was – in my first outing, I was trying to be, like, too fine with everything and really just try to paint every single corner and not really try to, like, throw it through the zone but try to throw it through the spot. So, like, I had some some success doing that, but I think once I realized, like, hey, I need to throw it through the zone because, like, that's when my pitch should be better and then that's when I'm going to have a little bit more, of like, I guess room for error. Because, like, they're going to be a little bit sharper, a little bit better pitches. So, I think for me, it was just kind of focusing on really throwing my pitches to where my strengths were and then just trying to get them out against their strengths. And while you're in the minor leagues, you're going to be playing with some guys who come down for rehab assignments. And John Means was some guy who, lefty pitcher like yourself, similar type guy right there. Uh, what can you say about what he was able to do to help you out, especially with that changeup? Well, I mean, I think I've preached it many times on multiple interviews that, like, he's kind of really helped me with my changeup. And, like, that was just kind of a guy that, like, it was my first – or I guess it was my second full season, but it was, like, kind of, like, the first season where I actually started meeting people who had been through it and, like, started doing, like, meeting people who had been through, like, rehab assignments. So, for me to, like, meet Means, who was an all-star, like, I mean, could have been a Cy Young guy. I mean, shoot. But, yeah, to, like, to meet him and, like, kind of have him be, like, really down to earth and, like, actually be able to help me out was just kind of, like, a really big stepping stone for me just to, like, know that, like, all these guys are, like, super approachable. And they're, like, they're there to help you out. And, they're, like, they're not going to shy away from, like, talking to you or, like, even, like, showing you a grip or something. Did you feel confident enough to throw that pitch in game this year? Yeah, no, I uh, definitely in AAA a bit more. I don't know why, but for some reason, I always had more confidence throwing my changeup with a big league ball. Just I, I honestly couldn't tell you the reason why, because like everyone says that's so backwards. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely utilize it a little bit more. But for me, this offseason is really gonna be huge on kind of being able to throw that pitch in any count. Did you see a big difference in that big league ball in AAA compared to the standard minor league baseball in AA? Personally, I like it more. Okay. Just because I th- it spins truer and, like, you don't really have to worry about any scuffs or any, like, um, I don't know, like, any, like, 
irregularities between the balls because like they're all like basically they're all the same ball throughout. And for me, like that was just kind of like a really nice thing not not have to worry about like having to like, rip like a different ball every time I got a new one. Right. Right. So, and like I just found that a lot. Like, if you threw it well, it was going to be really good. If you threw it poorly, like, it was going to be bad. That was kind of, like, the biggest thing for me was just figuring out what rib and how much pressure I would apply on each seam because it is like throwing a cue ball, as they all say. So you just have to kind of find what works for you. Were there other guys up there in AAA who kind of showed you, hey, this is this is how this works now with this ball and, and what it does? Yeah, so uh, Blaine Knight was probably the first one to tell me that, and I was in spring training. He said... Um, so something along the lines, like, I don't know, I don't remember the quote, but, um, he said in AAA, like with the big league balls, you can't really get, you, you can't throw get me overs because if you throw get me overs, they're going to fly out of your hand. They're not going to be great at all. So he said like every pitch you have to throw it a hundred percent or else it's just not going to be good. It's either going to be hit a mile or it's just not going to spin out and it's just be a ball. So, I mean, he said you have to throw every pitch with that intent to throw it your best pitch were you able to take a lot away from the pitching coaches down there this year yeah i mean 100 percent. i mean i know um conway was with me for for double a and he was with me in high in aberdeen and so like he kind of knew me starting off which is really nice because we were just able to get back to some like the same old things that we were working with last year just to really try to get better and better at it and that was kind of big to start off because it was nice to really get that foundation under me. And once I got up to AAA, I've, I mean, I've had Ramsey for, like, every single year except rookie ball. So for him to be up there was just really nice. And it was just really nice to, for me to feel comfortable up there with everyone. So, that, I mean, that was a big point. And then he was, like, really um, kind of like the forerunner on teaching me how to throw – to like the triple A hitters up there along with like some of the other pitchers. But Ramsey was like the guy who sat down and like taught me, Hey, this is what you're going to do it in triple A compared to what you did in double A. Yeah. I remember when I watched you down there in double A, you had a great breaking ball. It's probably one of your best pitches, right? Is that your out pitch? Yeah. I mean, it eventually turned into my slider was ended up being my out pitch. And I was just kind of something I learned to have to like develop and tweak because we need to see more difference between my slider, and my curveball. Mm. So that was really nice to actually find that this year. And it ended up being a really, really good pitch for me. Have you been missing, messing with different slots? Yeah. So it kind of all started back in, uh, I think it was 20. I don't even remember when it was, but, um, it was after, it might've been 2019 instructs. So it was when Chris Holt, and me were talking because the whole 2019 season, like after a start, I would always um, just drop down and throw like basically sidearm because it just felt natural to me. And it just like loosened up my arm. So we just kind of experimented with that. And for me, it's really been a big addition to my repertoire to have that extra addition, to have something to, if my mechanics aren't working, to have that to like kind of really get me back to focus. So for me, like that was a really big addition to have an extra two weapons and to really have something to get me back to kind of what I needed to focus on for my mechanics if I ever felt a wacky game. Right. Would you typically go to that release point when you're maybe ahead in the count rather than behind? Honestly, I really like it behind in the count because 
Like, especially on, like, 2-0 or something, like, they're looking for a cookie-cutter fastball. So, I mean, if you throw something from the side, like, they're going to see fastball, but they end up grounding out a lot. So, for me, that was kind of, like, a really big um, thing that I – especially in Tripoli, I learned that a lot, was they were just kind of, like, ambushing that 2-0 pitch. So, for me, like, that was big. because like, they, they all thought I was young and was going to throw you a cookie-cutter pitch. But, I mean, you, once you get up there, you have to learn pretty quick. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. I mean, you've been working with the catchers a lot, too. How often do you, would you say you shake them off? Is, are those pitches coming from them or the dugout? How did they work that with the Orioles? So everything's through our catchers. And honestly, I don't shake off a lot because they have everything that they need to know on their wrist, like every single other catcher in every other organization. So you might as well just go with what they're telling you because they got it. So, And for me, it's just kind of more like a confidence thing. Like, hey, if – they, if they see this or see that or see that, then yeah, let's go with it. But I mean, occasionally I'll shake off. I really feel confident, like one pitch in one certain situation. But other than that, not really. And you let that be up to them when it comes to sequencing and later on in the game when maybe the hitters have seen you a time or two around in the order. You let them decide. Hey, we're gonna approach them this way, this at bat. Yeah, and we also kind of talk about that in between innings a lot too. 
but like we just always kind of come in and like and I'm just like give like a quick little recap. So and like after the recap, we'll talk about like, hey, did you see anything there? Like, do you think they're gonna expect anything different? And just kind of like that general idea type stuff. But I mean, other than that, it's just kind of adapting to what we see every pitch. I mean, we see teams a lot like the Yankees who are very analytically heavy. What would you say the Orioles are when it comes to analytics? Uh, I mean, yeah, we're, we're right up there with them. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything, everything we do has a purpose and everything we do is backed by data. Right. And I mean, as you, as you can see, it's been working out for us because, I mean, our big league team increased in wins by a lot compared to, what was it, like 30 wins or something? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, so whatever we're doing is paying off. So. Right, yeah. I was going to mention, too, the Orioles and what they've been doing at the big league level, really impressing a lot of people. And they really didn't have high expectations going into the season, but to finish above 500 and in contention for a wild card spot, what makes them so exciting in your opinion? We're all so young. Like, everyone on the team, for the most part, is, like, under, like, what, 27? Yeah. So, I mean, to have that kind of that experience at that age already – I mean, it's just kind of really going to be eye-opening, I think, in the next couple of years, what we do with that uh, kind of like that young experience, um, kind of young players, and kind of how they turn into veterans and kind of help us develop too, I think is really going to be the big thing because, like, they were in our shoes not too long ago, and they want to see everyone win. So I think that's a big thing for us is just kind of having people who were just in our shoes a couple of years ago kind of, help us through every situation. Did the Orioles have any conversations with you after the season saying, hey, this is how we're possibly looking at you to be a part of this next year? Uh, that's not for me to say publicly. So, I mean, I'm going to keep that one to myself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we've had some conversations. And, I mean, I'm at a really good spot, and I really like my spot in the organization. So, I mean, if it happens next year, it happens. So. I'm looking forward to next year and kind of seeing what it brings. So going to this off season, you know, we have we're about a month in or so. What would you say are some things that you're really looking to hone in on and, and focus on coming into 23? Just kind of finding that repetition and that I've been searching for for years because I think we finally started to find it towards the end of the year in AAA and kind of um, towards the end in AA. And I think that is going to be like the kind of the biggest stepping stone for me is kind of figuring out how I can repeat it every single time. And I think from there, it'll just help me out in the long run and just make me just kind of a better pitcher and have more command and everything. Eventually, like, I do want to put on below. So like that's also going to be a, a part of my all season, too, is just lifting heavy and just kind of put on a lot of strength. So how difficult would you think it is to throw harder, but then at the same time, command the zone as well? I think it has to be some type of give and take. So, I mean, there are dudes who, I mean, obviously come in can throw a hundred, but they don't know where, where it's going. So if you back them off to like 95, 97, they can throw a strike. That's way more effective than a hundred and wild. So for me, I, I'm a, I've always been a command pitcher. So like, I'm not going to sacrifice really that much of my game to try to search for something. I'm still going to just kind of be myself, but if the velo happens through either my weights or some exercises or some mechanical fixes, that happens. If not, then I'm just going to 
keep getting better at what I got. Good stuff. I do want to wrap up with a few fun ones. And uh, I got to talk about any any bus ride stories this year. Any any fun moments that you guys had there in, in AA or AAA? I mean, not too many. I mean, for the most part, our bus rides were like kind of really relaxed because it was obviously on a Monday or a Tuesday morning. So we all just were like sleeping for the most part. I mean, probably the, the one I can remember is probably Binghamton. And that was just because we left right after the game and we were home. By the end of the night, like, we were just all kind of, kind of rowdy after the game because that was, like, one of our only 1 o'clock Sunday games we had. Right. And we were just happy to be getting out of there because it was snowing. So I think that kind of fueled a little bit, like, the, like, kind of, I don't know, like, adrenaline or, like, intensity towards the end of the game. And yeah. I think it just kind of carried over to the bus because, like, I mean, we were just having a good time and just listening to music and just having fun on the bus. But, yeah. I mean, for the, for the most part, Everyone there is just, we were just kind of relaxing, sleeping or watching Netflix or something. Yeah, how do you like that schedule format this year with the off day and then pretty much the six-game homestand? Personally, I mean, I like it a lot. I just wish there was, like, I just wish you weren't in the same city for, like, six days. But, I mean, I do like the Monday off day and having that just to reset every week. Because, I mean, six days in one city is a lot. Plus, I mean, seeing the same guys, especially if something happens, like, early in the week, it might fester over into something worse. But, I mean, for the most part, I like it a lot. And, I mean, I'm just kind of interested to see if we keep going with it or if they see anything that needs to be changed. To the young pitchers out there, what message would you like to send out to them who are maybe in high school or even college ball? What would you like to send out to them and say, hey, this is something that might help you along the way? Personally, like, this is always my philosophy. Don't chase velo. Chase figuring out what you're best at and fine-tuning what you're best at and then figuring out how you can better your game. I mean, do, do the things that you do well first, and then after that, then you can start expanding a little bit and figuring out what is going to work for you and uh, just kind of what you can implement to better yourself. But for the most part, just do what you do. Sounds great. Drew, I appreciate you hopping on. Thank you very much. Enjoy the off season, and hopefully we'll see you in Baltimore next season. Of course. I mean, I really hope so. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We'd like to thank you for checking out this episode of Billy the Bat Boys Corner presented by Up On Game. And it's really exciting to see what Drew's been able to do since our last interview here on the show about a year ago. And he's someone who's definitely going to be a contributor to the Orioles rotation in the near future. Excited to see him hopefully at Camden Yards very, very soon. And if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing here with Billy the Bat Boy's Corner and Up On Game, be sure to check us out on social media, at Billy the Bat Boy, at Up On Game Network, on YouTube, all these other social media platforms. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review. And also, we're supporting the Father English Center in Patterson, New Jersey, trying to help the young kids out there and also the young ball players. So, Appreciate your support as always, and we'll see you next time here on the show. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com.